another day, another FPL pod. Jack, how are you finding the international break? Hi, Josh. Yeah, good to be back for another ep. Uh, finding the international break okay. Had a wedding this weekend, so it was good to just have something to think about and be doing instead of being bored at home. Um, actually met a guy at the wedding who was a fantasy, fantasy football obsessive, which was really nice. So made a friend, made an FPL friend. Hello, if you're listening, Alex. You said you would, so I hope you are. But yeah, it's been fine. It's been it's one of those, isn't it? Nice to have a break, but also really you wish the football was on. That's sort of how I feel. How about you? I was just going to say, it sounds like even though you were at a wedding, you were still very much just thinking and talking about FPL. But <laughs> the, be- the beautiful thing was he brought it up. It was great. It was really, I was trying, not, I was, you know, very prepared to not mention FPL at all. And he, uh, I think we were sitting at the table and he said, yeah, he was a very like, he was a really sort of endearing Manchester guy, northern guy, funny guy. And he was like, yeah, you know, it's good. I'm glad there's no football on because... I wouldn't care about anything you're saying. I'd just be frantically checking my fantasy team. And then obviously my eyes lit up and and made a new best friend. But uh, yeah. Good honesty from the yeah. guy. Love it. Indeed. How's your international break going, man? Yeah, good. Watching it. I mean, I don't know. About, I find a lot of the international games boring as, but it's still good to, to watch. It's still football. It's still football, but it's not the Premier League, is it? Yeah, I haven't cared at all. I haven't watched one game, like a couple of highlights on YouTube if it's popped up on my feed, but couldn't care less. Could not give a damn about it. the beautiful it. news is this weekend it all comes back, Jack. It all comes back. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. So what have we? what's on the menu today, Josh, for the pod? What's on the menu? Well, obviously last pod we talked about Game Week 3 and how we did. So now we're going to cover all things Game Week 4. And we're going to start by talking about our plans, what, where our minds been at this last week and what we plan to do ahead of the deadline. Um, that's our teams and who we're going to captain. And then obviously there's been a lot of talk about using this international break for wildcards. So we'll delve into that a little bit for people that may be thinking about it or have already pulled the trigger. I know you've pulled the trigger, so it's very topical. Spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler alert. Um, and then we're going to go into some more in-depth points that have come up out of who to pick and, you know, things like Ronaldo versus Lukaku and knock-on impacts of that and other good picks for the next upcoming game weeks. And then we're going to really cover the Algo teams as well, because we need to talk about who their transfers are going to be for game week four. We do. We do. Good. Lots of exciting stuff in the pod. Can't wait. Um, but before we get started, we have to do a bit of shout-out for our first ever shout-out. Yeah. And it is to Tommy Calloway, the, the art lover, art enthusiast, I'd say, himself. Lover of design and all things art. <laughs> Helped us he out does. massively. And he's uh, spruced up our, our YouTube thumbnails and logos and everything yeah. for us. That's right, yeah. So by the time you're listening to this, tuning in, especially if you're tuning in via YouTube, Hopefully you'll see all of Tom's amazing new branding design he's done for us. So massive, massive thanks to him. Incredible how the difference it makes, you know, from me and you just in MS Paint compared to Callaway's, uh, compared to Tom's brilliant professional work. So big thanks, Tom. Massive, massive, um, massively appreciated. And now we've yeah. got to live up to it. Yeah, I mean, it's safe to say the quality of the branding eclipses the quality of the actual content. But yeah, Agreed. something for us to, to aspire to, Josh. You know, 
raising the bar and all that. Good. So, yep. Thank you, Thomas. Let's crack on with the pods, Josh. So first section, your team, Josh, talk to me. How is it looking for this week? You haven't wildcarded. Am I correct in that? That is correct. No wildcard. Okay. Talk to me. What are your plans? So I've got two transfers and that was a big a big part of the non-wildcard decision. Not too many fires to put out, but I think taking some time on the Lukaku-Ronaldo stuff for me was a big part of not wildcarding now as well. So I'm going to use my two two transfers to put out some fires, one of which is Emi Martinez in goal. Mm. And I haven't made a final decision on who I'm bringing in, but it's really getting him out for one of two players and that's either going to be Sanchez or Saar I think so I'm going to wait for the conferences I think just in case there are any injury troubles I mean keepers they should be fine but I think I'm gonna have to get Emmy out for one of those two that's one of the transfers and then the other one really is just gonna try and get some short-term gains before I use use the wild card so again haven't decided but it's between Torres and Jota for me to bring, to bring in Torres and Jota for Rafinha. So would, that be, would that be Rafinha out? Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I think that's 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 wise. Annoying on the goalkeeper front, isn't it? You never really like mess wasting transfers with goalies, but I think you're right in this case. It's um you've kind of been um backed into a bit of a corner, I suppose. Yeah, um, I mean it's I I I know what you're saying. It feels like I'm burning a transfer, but looking at the performance so far of Villa, and you did warn me, you warned me before game week one, that they they were going to be a bit, you know, weak at the back. There's going to be leaky, leaky mm. goals maybe. And yeah, it's been true. And with the fixtures that they've got coming up, I do not have a lot of confidence in the Villa. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Even if he's fit, it might have been a, a decent move anyway. Because, yeah, we've been even worse than I thought we'd be, actually, generally. I think we've been lucky to get the the goals and the points we've got, even in those easier fixtures. And as you say, the next three or four for the Villa are not looking too good on paper. But you never know. You never know. We've got goals in us. So, so yeah, but you're right. I certainly think defensively there are, there are better goalkeeper options for cheaper. So who did you say you were going to go for? Sorry, for Cinebates. Do you know yet? Or are you still still hovering? Between Sanchez or Saar. So Saar is 5 million. Sanchez, 4.5. Yeah. I think I've got that fever of not wanting to copy everyone else and go for Sanchez. But there's a reason why everyone's got him. He's still a great option. So yeah. inevitably, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards Sanchez. Oh, yeah, I like the Saar pick, though. I think Wolves' defence... Uh, he's Wolves goalie, right? I'm not going crazy there. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Thank God for that. Uh, <laughs> Billy Marison. Yeah, I think Wolves' defence is even though it's weird, even though they've lost all three games, I actually think they haven't been that bad defensively and are not a bad one to invest in going forward. But I mean, yeah, we can talk about that in more in depth in the in the talking points if you like. But yeah, Sanchez, Saar. I mean, both both good picks. Yeah. So that's one of them. And then, as I said, the other one. Rafi, although I do like the upcoming fixtures, but don't want to get blinded by the lovely fixtures and focus on the fact that leads aren't quite where we all want them to be right now. Yeah. So I look at potential points from fixtures. I'll look at 
as we learned at the beginning of, of, in the summer, sorry, from our pod, for attacking players, you want to look at form more so than fixtures. Fixtures play a part, but we want to focus on form. And he and Leeds don't look like they've quite hit fifth gear yet. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. He's He kind of personifies Leeds' performance, really. Like, got a goal, has looked decent on the eye, but actually, FPL points-wise, hasn't been really the the complete bargain we thought he'd be, is he? I think we said it on the last pod. Not a bad pick in himself still, I don't think. Like, he's not a fire to put out, is he really? But he's more of a, now there are better options available. As the two you've said, I think they're the right choices, Torres or Jota. Yeah, he's he should be the one to go. Do you think, so what are you waiting on to make that Torres-Jota choice? Not that I'll get anything from a Pep conference, but it's really just in case there's any injuries, I think. Um I think we've talked about the risk of going for a City asset. I want a slice of their 9.02 XG. It's so good. It's tantalising. I need need a horse in that race. Um, And that horse will be the Spanish Torres horse. Um, I think if if we're going for him, he's a bit cheaper than Jota. Uh, The only thing that really makes Jota that little bit nicer to look at is Firmino's injury. We don't really have full info on that yet, as far as I'm aware, but it looks like he'll definitely, you know, be starting the next couple ahead of him, I would have thought. So, yeah. And I think we mentioned before that Liverpool's XG is is only sitting behind two other teams. So, yeah, there's not there's not much between them, I don't think. It'll be a toss-up to see if there's any injuries or anything's learned between now and the deadline. Yeah, I think they've actually got really similar pros and cons, Jota and Torres. It's one of those where their price is are amazing for their talent and their potential. Jota, whenever he's on the pitch, is in, incredible. I think he'd be in everyone's team if he was nailed 100%. And the Torres one, again, because he's 7.1 or 7.2 or whatever he is, that lets you... It's less painful when you see him benched than a Mahrez or a Sterling is, isn't he? He's just that. The 7.2 pricing lets you gamble a bit more on him, I think. And the same with Jota, really. Seen already this season, Jota's been great for his owners, even though he's he's had limited minutes. So yeah, tough one there, actually, for you. I don't know who I'd go for, if that, given that choice. That's why I can't give you one name right now, because I think it's going to be right up until the deadline. I'll be flip-flopping. Mm. But, um... Are you just going to be raking for... For Firmino info, basically, will be the, the big one. Yeah, I think any, anything more, anything that will guarantee a couple of weeks worth of Jota starting, I think I'll go for, because Liverpool's fixtures look very nice. I mean, Leeds, yeah. there'll be goals in that game, then Crystal Palace, then Brentford. City, I mean, that's obviously nothing between those two players as a comparison. And then Watford, Liverpool's fixtures looking quite nice over the next five. Yeah. Are you gonna are you gonna start Simicas or Livramento? I will probably go Simicas, although know that he's probably not gonna start. I think we know now that Robbo's pretty much nailed. Um, unless hey. there's any other news coming in. But I, I think it's just a case that he'll he's not gonna get him any minutes in the near future. Are you worried, though, that he might, as would happen in the Chelsea game, he'd come on for a cameo at the end and then get the one-pointer and then potentially block a 90-minute game for for Livramento? Yeah, that is a consideration. I don't think there's much between them, bottom line. 
I'm a little bit worried that Southampton are going to get panned by an on-form West Ham. Yeah. And that could hit Livermento quite bad. I mean, I think he's he's had some decent XA, in that, especially in the last game. But I still think that they're, they're playing the on-form team at the moment. So I've yeah, got more confidence in Liverpool keeping a clean sheet in that game. So, and I think that, you know, the two points from Livermento isn't guaranteed if they get, you know, four scored against them, for example. No, I mean, it happened last week, didn't it? Simicast and Livermento got the same points, even though Simicast played three minutes and and Livy Boy played the 90. So, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Coin toss between them, I think. I think you're right. And you're not worried about the Fernandez. I mean, he's almost becoming a differential, I think, by the time the game it rolls around for you. Like, so that could be a good thing. He's a big talking point for us later, Bruno. But are you do you wish you hadn't don't ha- didn't have him now, or do you are you happy to kind of roll with him for another week and see what happens? Considering I'm not wildcarding, therefore only looking at then really the next game week of who to bring out and who to bring in on the next couple at least. Yeah. Newcastle and West Ham, well, obviously the West Ham fixture is not great, but West Ham have conceded. I'm more than happy to have Bruno against Newcastle next week. Um, obviously, yeah. people were talking about Ronaldo and stuff, but do we even know he'll start, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think ignore all, no, ignoring all of that noise, having Bruno as an FPL asset against Newcastle, I'll take it. On paper, it looks great still, doesn't it? Even though yeah. with all this noise around him, I think you're, I think you're right. I'd be, I wouldn't surprise me at all for him to get get a hole there, even with Cristiano involved. Um, Which would be funny if you know, considering lots of people were looking at getting him out. If he did haul massively, that could be. Will that rejig people? Yeah, but it's, it's interesting, and it? it's so interesting that that effect of short term point gain does it does it completely flip the the narrative there? Yeah. So just a final one then, Josh, for you. So you mentioned you're going to wild card in a couple of weeks. Have you got a set target of when you're going to, or is it just a, a vague feeling of the next few weeks? It's really waiting on a bit more solid information for the reason why everyone's wildcarding right now. So like the Lukaku-Ronaldo premium asset discussion, I don't need to pull the trigger because I've got two, I've got two transfers right now. I don't personally want to bring either of them in right now. So I want to wait a couple of weeks to see, you know, how they're going to bed in. Lukaku's in, you know, not played many, many minutes himself. One of them was in a game where they only, they had um, a man sent off. Ronaldo, we don't know if he's going to start. I want more info before I pull that trigger. So I haven't yeah. picked a game week yet because I don't know, obviously, when we'll have the answers to those questions. But um, I think it will at least be a couple, um, maybe, if not more. Yeah, fair, fair. I'm jealous. I'm jealous that you have the the luxury of time to wait, Josh. Because as I said, I've I've pulled the trigger, and that's you know, I've shot my load, haven't I? And uh, <laughs> this week, so well, you yeah. said you said you shot your load. So should we use yeah. that as an in? To... Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, you say that I may you're jealous, but I think you're you're going to have obviously okay. the template team right now. Well, that's. I think this will be a good section then, Josh, for us to not only look at my team, but to also discuss the wild card generally. And it'll, I'm curious to know what which players you think I'm missing, which players would be template, 
uh, that I haven't gone for and we can sort of discuss those and I can try and explain why I haven't gone for them if you like. So this is new to you, isn't it? I haven't shown you this before this chat. So this will no. be fresh, as fresh to you as it is to the listeners. Fresh off the press. Big surprise. So I'll go into it. This is my current wildcard team, Josh. So I've stuck with Sanchez in goal. I think with the international break, the um, the goalkeeper situation, I still think he's he's the best pick. What I'll do is just I'll list the players out without any comment now, and then you can you can make little notes or whatever you like, and then attack me in various areas after I've just laid out the whole team, if you like. So back three, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Reguillon and Connor Cody. That's the back three. I've got the four in midfield. I've got Salah, Jota, Torres and Adama Traore as my four in midfield. And then I'm playing a 3-4-3. So I've got Antonio, Calvert-Lewin and captain currently on Lukaku. And that's with a bench of steel in goal, same goalie I had. Uh, Duffy's on the bench, Livramento and Sissoko of, of Watford. And that, I should caveat, is with one million in the bank still. So I'm sure you can imagine which players I'm flitting between with that one million in that premium striker slot. It's one day I'm on Lukaku, Ronaldo, Lukaku, Ronaldo, seeing which feels better. As I say, currently on Lukaku with the captaincy, with that one million Ronaldo money in the bank if I uh, flip-flop again. So what's your first impression of that? I'm jealous. I'm <laughs> jealous is the first <laughs> is the first thing, because I think the whole thing that I've gone through with trying to bring in two players is looking at all of these players that you've basically got in your team now and thinking how good they all look as assets and how to get to this. Obviously, it's not really possible unless you've got a wild card. But I think the team that I'm seeing that you've just listed is the culmination of everything that we've seen in three game weeks so far. These are this is like the template team, isn't it? And as you said, the the flip flop of Ronaldo versus Lukaku. I'm with you. I think at the moment Lukaku looks like the better option. Um, Interesting. Because we haven't seen anything of Ronaldo, and we don't know obviously how he's going to bed in, and and the fact that he may need some time. Doubtless that he will perform over the season but it may take him some time yeah yeah i'm yeah i'm so i'm scared of him don't get me wrong ronaldo yeah let's address that that's the big one isn't it the lukaku ronaldo thing here so i do think because lukaku's cheaper and i've got that million in the bank lukaku home against villa i would be shocked if he if he did nothing there we know he's going to start pretty much. We don't know Ronaldo's going to start against Newcastle. Probably will if I had to bet on it. I think he will start, but we don't know that. Lukaku's had longer with his team, time to bed in. He's a he's probably one of the best he's probably the best striker in the league now, arguable with Kane. Uh on a better team, I think Chelsea are better than United as a team. I think the last couple of weeks for United, they just haven't looked very good at all. And people aren't really mentioning that so much, it doesn't feel like. And with yeah, with that one mil in the bank, I've got the option to to go up to Ronaldo. And of course, Ronaldo's price is frozen until that the start of um, of game week four. So I've got that cushion in my mind that I can. I'm not worried Ronaldo's going to get out of my price range in the next week with with Lukaku sitting there. So yeah, that's my my thoughts with um, 
with the Ronaldo Kaku situation. I have flip-flop, like I've said, but I do think, uh, yeah, I feel better looking at my team with Lukaku in it than I do with Ronaldo at the moment. So have you left that one million purposefully to be able to manoeuvre your way or was that just how, where you came at? With, with I have, these, yeah. These no, I have left it there. I built the team with Ronaldo in initially, hence why the other team looks like it does, then dropped him down to Kaku. Therefore, the million became available. But looking at the team, I'm quite happy with with it. I think the only other big debate in my mind is this Wolves. You know, it does seem weird looking at my team with two Wolves assets in the starting eleven, um, Trey Ray and Cody, with Wolves having lost all the first three games. But doing this part and talking to you and looking more at the stats than even I normally would, it just like Traore's underlying stats are insane, even compared to how he's done previously. And I just do think, you know, what they got Watford, the fixtures are good. He'll be a differential. I think it's um it's worth the risk for my lowest price attacking asset to to roll that dice a little bit. So yeah, I'm comfortable not to not spending that million there what are your thoughts on wolves yeah I, th- I think they're a differential way to happen basically i think we discussed it and we like you said that their stats in terms of expected goals to concede the x xga like the it, they they were unlucky you know to concede or other teams have had conceded more bigger chances against them and kept clean sheets whereas they've They've been unlucky to concede the goals that they have. You're ex- we're expecting them with those performances if they keep them up to keep clean sheets and to score more goals. They've kind of been. I don't want to use the word unlucky, but obviously it's it's kind of looking at the stats. There are potential points in there throughout the team, both defensive and, and attacking wise. We know, like looking at Traore, <laughs> that is kind of his expected goals and expected assists. The fact that he hasn't had point returns I mean could it be that he is just lacking that finished product but what you would say if he keeps that up those points are going to come in they have to he's not going to be that unlucky throughout the whole season so yeah I think I agree with you I, to, to keep that one extra meal at six million I don't think Traore is is a bad shout by any means yeah I mean looking at the players that I'd upgrade him to with that million it's actually not there's players I mean Rafini is the obvious one but there aren't actually many players at seven mil, six to seven mil that I actually would want. There's the players that I would want instead of him are just a bit higher up. So I've actually written down, Josh, in front of you in that little shared sheet, some players that the players that I fear going into this that I'm missing. So I'd be curious to know, Josh, your thoughts on these players and whether I sh- you think I should bring them in instead of the ones I've got. So I'll go down this list. Greenwood. Talk to me about Mason Greenwood. I have had him in my team. He's probably been my best performer so far in what's been a very, very bleak start for me, really. He's been one shining light there and I'm getting rid of him. And is that is that crazy? Or are Torres and Jota are better, better options than Greenwood? What do you reckon? I think you've made the right decision with Torres and Jota. Thanks. Good. Reinforce Thanks that. There you go. Done. <laughs> um, Mainly because the wild card, you do it with four, five, six game weeks in mind, not just one or two. Sometimes when you're making subs, you're, you're thinking like one, two, three, and then possibly the, the longer term. But you're often trying to fix problems and just bring in players for the short term. 
But I think you picked Torres and Jota because you think, or hopefully this is me trying to get in your head, <laughs> but you, you think uh, that yeah. over the longer, middle to longer term, they will return better than Greenwood. And I can only assume that's because you think that Ronaldo coming in is going to have a negative impact on his minutes and potentially, or, or if he is start, starting in the, in, the, in the starting lineup, he'll be pushed out wide. So yeah. his goal returns aren't going to be quite there. What, what, is, what was your thinking behind it? Basically what you've said, yeah. So the Ronaldo thing is a real cat amongst pigeons thing with all of the United attacking assets because it isn't a signing that they necessarily needed, really. It was, and I think they've admit have someone at United admitted essentially that they did the signing to stop City getting him. Effectively, it was near enough what they did was gazump City um, because it would have just been a disaster for Man United. Ronaldo at City from a sort of PR perspective, um, he's obviously phenomenal, but they were they've been scoring goals. Greenwood's been scoring goals. Bruno's great at penalties. They've got those attacking up. They got. They almost had too many attacking options already. So they've sold Dan James now to sort of make room for him. But Cavani's there. I just. I feel like with Greenwood, is is he nineteen or twenty? Greenwood now. He's still so young, isn't he? I think he might be nineteen still. I think. I so, think yeah. he's for Solskjaer to say to him, "Look, Mason, you're going to be sitting out a few games here for Cristiano. You'll still get minutes, but I think he's the easiest option for." Ole to drop now, despite how good he's been. Um, I can just see that happening. That's a conversation that Ole can have with him that's easier to have than speaking to Pogba or Bruno or, you know, telling that, you know, you know he's not going to tell Pogba his minutes to manage now, is he? He's just not going to. I get it. You're right. He is the obvious scapegoat to the, well, the person that you would drop from that front line. And especially when... Rashford's back because they say you know he's back in in light training. And stuff. Like, he's going to yeah. be on the left, Ronaldo through the middle, and unless Sancho does something terribly wrong, you know the marquee sign is going to be coming off the right. So I think Greenwood, you're right, will will have time to shine up until that that front three beds in, but it, it's coming, isn't it? Like that that's always going to be around the corner for the FPL managers thinking he's up against some big big boys there. He is. And the other thing with Greenwood is, I know he's great. I do love him. I'm not, not knocking him. But his goals so far, I mean, one of them has been, one of them was a deflected shot through the legs that the keeper probably could have done better with. And last week's, the keeper should have done better. I mean, the keeper, I think that was going wide, actually. And the keeper's got the hand on it against Wolves and knocked it into the into the goal. He's obviously a very good finisher. And he, that's why his XG isn't actually that high. But he's got three goals because he can hit it so hard and low. An accurate Greenwood. His first goal of the season was was quality, but I don't. It's not like he's spurning loads of chances or getting loads of opportunities that he's. Um, you know, I never think Greenwood's going to get a hat trick today. Whereas actually, Jota and Torres, I think, actually have a higher ceiling on a game per game basis. Especially Jota, he's he's pretty explosive. So, so yeah, that's that's Greenwood. Um, sad to see him go, but not not regretting that one with Greenwood out of the out of the wild card. Bruno, we've touched on. So Bruno, it's it's in our talking points a bit later, but we can talk about later how Ronaldo's arrival impacts Bruno and what we think will happen there. Harry Kane, Josh, 
He hasn't been in this wildcard at all. I'm conscious he's he's back at Spurs. He's starting for Spurs. He's Harry Kane. Should we not all be clamouring to get him in? Why are we not? Why aren't we bothered about Kane? It's kind of the elephant in the room, isn't it? Like everyone's waiting to see how enthused he will be on the pitch with with that Spurs shirt on. Mm. Like you would expect him just to, yeah, that's that's in the past now. You know, he's captain, get on with it, and he'll be a professional like we know Harry Kane is. Yeah. But there's part of you that thinks, you know, there's something in his head that will not be able, it, it could knock him. It could knock that flow. And as we know, you know, it only takes a little bit of a psychological hiccup to affect prime performance. So it's a wait and see, isn't it, really? Which is it kind of, it's funny that. Kane gets put in the same bracket as almost like a Ronaldo and Lukaku. Wait and see. They're new to they're new to the Premier League, and yet we're looking mm. at Kane, thinking, "How is he going to perform?" Like, there's such a sense with Kane, isn't there, that it's the whole. You know, I reckon. It, I think it's just analogous to a relationship uh, between two people where someone's cheated, committed adultery, they've forgiven each other. That person's forgiven them, take them back. Everything's normal. Everything's fine. But just underlying. It's a forgive but hasn't forgot situation, I think, with Kane and Spurs there. Everyone then knows if it was up to him, he would have gone. It's, uh, yeah, something's just not, yeah. it's not harmonious, is it, at all? No matter how much Kane will say now about loving the fans, blah, blah, blah. The damage has been done, I think. Yeah, I mean, if this was a drama, I'd expect the next penalty, Kane to just put it wide on purpose and look up and yeah. <laughs> look up at yeah. Debbie and, and just point at him. Um, but yeah, I, I, we just, even even if he really wants to, you know, perform like he has done, it's, the environment is different at Spurs, isn't it, this year? So Yeah, um, I'm sure he'll score goals when he, he's going to score goals. There'll be a time where we talk about bringing him in, I think. It's just when that, that time hasn't come yet, has it? That's, that's all we're saying there. Yeah. Wait to see if it is the game we love. That's right, indeed. And then there's Rafinha and Bamford. So Bamford, I was really sad to lose Bamford, Josh, after on this wild card. I just think, and again, we're going to come on to that mid-price striker talk, but I felt Antonio and DCL, obviously DCL's injury pending, I think they're the two better options over the Bamfords and the Ings. How do you, what do you think? about that as a quick quick decision yeah I think going back to something I've talked about already and something we mentioned in pre-season attacking players main focus should be form and out of the three DCL has the form you we, you would say and then obviously we're a bit concerned that Bamford and not as a point of comparison as a striker but Rafinha as well because you mentioned him Leeds have good fixtures coming up, but you know that we're trying to use the fixtures to say, oh, that will mean that they will gain form, but we don't know that for certain, do we? So no. DCL is the person with the form. Sometimes form is fixture proof, yeah. so we'll 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 keep with him. I think you've made the right decision. Yeah, I think they're not, I wouldn't go as far as to say Leeds are not in form. Like Bamford and Rafinha, they've they've done stuff, haven't they? They've scored goals. They're looking like leads, lively leads. I just think there's better, there's players playing better in those positions in your team, like the DCLs and the Antonios and the those other mid-price mids. So I think it's uh, 
it's one of those if you've got them in your team don't panic don't worry they're not fires to put out it's just if you're wild carding there's just marginally better options i think and the same goes for the last player i put there mason mount so i really like mount as a pick i think he's and he isn't talked about enough as a good option mount because he's just not a very glamorous player but with Lukaku in the team, I think he created created some of the most opportunities last year. He's pretty much nailed of those attacking mids in Chelsea. He's probably the most nailed one. So again, if I had the money, Adama would probably become Mason Mount. It's just he's just that little bit out of reach for the for the money for me. What do you think of Mount? Uh, I like him, and I think you finished on the point that I would focus on most. It's the money for me. He's priced slightly too high for me to pick him over people that he's directly competing against. 7.5, he's up against Greenwood, Jota, and he's more than people mm. like, well, I know you haven't mentioned them directly, but um, Ben Rama now has been performing really, really well. It's a question as to whether West Ham continue performing that well, but you know, he's in blistering form and he's a mil less. Like Mount's just slightly too too high in the, in the money bracket for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, Ben Rama, just just to finish on the wildcard discussion, Ben Rama, I just don't, I'm not excited by Ben Rama. I know he's done very well, West Hammer on fire, but I just think it's the team Antonio. Antonio is the, the main man. And I'm not finding myself worrying about Ben Rama. And I think he's being a little overhyped. So there's a hot take from me for Benny. Um, I know Lingard didn't come in in the end, so he'll probably just keep playing. I think the appeal of Ben Rama is his price. It's just, it is undeniably very good. Even if I think he's being overhyped, it's still an amazing price. But I think for a bit less price, Traore, having Traore there, and therefore that gives me the Ronaldo scope, I think that's worth it. Yeah. What do you think of Ben Rama? I like him, but he's not a set and forget, is he? We every Everyone that owns him currently will be having a close eye on when that form starts to fizzle and when he stops returning, when will people be getting him out? Like, mm. I, I can't see a lot of teams holding on to him for half a season, for example. So edge your bets and bring in the players that you want for the longer term, especially when you're wildcarding like like you've done. Yeah. Just realised, Josh, a player I haven't even thought of who I should ask you about. Let me put it to you this way. If you were wildcarding now, would you keep Son? In your team? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, wouldn't. though? Isn't he really good? Should I not be having him? Yeah, he's great. I think he, from the beginning, he, you know, he's given me decent returns. But I think the fact that Kane's now coming in, so Son is not playing as a number nine, means that Kane's taking penalties. That's another string away from Son's bow. And I think he's priced to the point where you can get much better, you can spread that cash around better assets and allow you to unlock other premiums, mm. which are maybe better than him. You're not really downgrading too too much when you're going to those, you know, 8 million or 7.5 million Jotters or Mounts or Greenwoods. They don't seem, on the face of it, like you're losing out on an ass, on like a dangerous asset there. I'd, I'd be happier having Jotter directly up against Sun for the next three games, for example. Yeah, Jota 2.5 mil. Yeah, that was it. Sun's just that really annoying price. The 10 mil price, it's almost unique in that bracket, isn't it, for 10 mil? 
Um, and he always is every year sort of been nine, 9.5, 10. And that's just such an annoying price point because there's no one you can just move laterally across to, you know, two premium for cheap town and two cheap for premium town, isn't he? But no, again, he's one of those, no doubt he'll get the points. It's never a surprise when you see Sun on the score sheet, is it? So, um, no, I'm glad. I thought you might be a bit more pro Sun. I thought you might be a bit more Jack, try and get Sun in there. But uh, but no, you're I, not. So. I think, it, well, they've got Crystal Palace next, but then then they've got Chelsea. And then afterwards, Arsenal, Villa and Newcastle. So, you know, for the medium term, it's only mm. the Chelsea fixture I'm worried about. So he, he'll be a good person to hold on to whilst I've got him until I choose to wildcard. Like if Ronaldo yeah. starts and, and scores in the next two, then I'll be scrambling for that wildcard button. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be Ronaldo Fest. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he scores against Newcastle, comes on and yeah. gets a header or whatever. But yeah, we'll have to deal with the, there's the Man United fan premium on him when it comes to fantasy. Whenever there's a half decent Man United asset, it's it's ownership central, isn't it? With those, with those guys. Get burned, get burned by that ownership, yeah, man. You do, you do. So I've said this already twice, but finally on the wild card issue, Josh, is there anyone, have I missed anyone? Have we not mentioned anyone? Have I been blind to someone I should have in that we haven't mentioned here? Would you have done, would you have brought someone in I haven't done? There's only two others that I would have considered that you haven't mentioned. Go on. Um, Damari Gray. Hmm. Yeah. That sound tells me your opinion straight away. Yeah, it was considered, to be fair, <laughs> to Damari. Did consider him. Very good price, 5.4, I think. Um, the only thing that put me off, and this might be the wrong way to... Well, there's two things that put me off him, actually. They've brought Lookman in. Mm. Um, so I think he'll, he won't have made that loan move if he wasn't promised some game time. Uh, wait a minute. No, I'm getting wrong here. Leicester brought Lookman, didn't they? Not Everton. I didn't know that Lookman. Yeah, Sorry, wrong. Everton. I'm getting confused with my blue teams. So Leicester have got Lookman. What's confu- what, what put me off is a Leicester fan. I saw a Leicester fan responding to a Damari Gray discussion about somebody saying, like, why are we sleeping on this guy? And it seems the conventional wisdom of him is that he'll do, it's, I call it the sort of Ross Barkley syndrome of looking like a world beater for two or three games and then just completely disappearing and doing nothing for a long spell. Uh, so Theo Walcott used to do it. Ross Barkley's done it. Those kind of players who flatter to deceive after looking really good. So that's my thoughts on him. Yeah, he looks attractive at the moment for less than Traore, for example. And yeah. he's on 19 points, but I know what you mean. You're you're waiting for him not to return. So we don't. Yeah. We'll, I think that's you've given your opinion on him. The only other one was Fornals potentially. Yeah, which I yeah. mentioned a little bit, but I guess the same thing as Ben Rama. You're waiting for the returns to dry up on him. Why? Yeah. Why don't I have Fornals, but I have got Traore? Is what I'm asking myself now. What is why is Adama a better pick than Fornals, who has scored and Traore hasn't? I don't know the answer. Wolves to that. fixtures, maybe. Wolves fixtures, good. More of a differential, maybe. Although he is a differential in himself for now, because Ben Rama's kind of hoovered up the attention of that, that kind of attacking West Ham midfielder, hasn't he? But I do like Fanals as a pick. I think we've talked about it before. He is good. I just wonder if 
West Ham are going to run out of a bit of steam. I, I'm struggling trail, to justify it. It's that Traore eye test, isn't it? It's the Traore oh, eye test. so seductive. Just he looks unplayable, doesn't he, when you see him. You watch yeah. clips of him, unplayable. Watch a game, incredible. Switch on FPL, look at his points as 2-2-2-2-2. Two, 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 two. So it's, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's the fun factor with Traore. I'm going, again, he's that cheap slot in my midfield. The rest of my wildcard is very template. Let's have some fun with the Dharma is my, it's a fun fact to pick. Yeah. Cold, cold advice. If I was giving it, I'd definitely say, look at the Ben Ramas, the Fornals. But if you want to have some fun like me, let's go to a Dharma. Let's give Traore a, a spin. Yeah. Fair shouts though on both of them for sure. Yeah. And the only other comment was, I've seen a lot of wild cards on like Twitter that have, either a Chelsea or a City defender. So Diaz or Rudiger, for example. Yeah, so I did have Rudiger for a while. It came down... I actually had Rudiger instead of Trent, and I had Ronaldo in instead of DCL. So I was rocking a Ronaldo-Lukaku double up for a while. But then I just... I think you need Trent. I think you just need him and set and forget him now. I think he's back to his best... 7.5. 7.5. He's better than any 7.5 midfielder. When he returns, it'll hurt you because of the ownership. And I think he's you just have to have him. It's horrible not having him. Rudiger, yeah, Rudiger D has very solid picks, but they just don't have that. He has a ridiculous attacking threat, Trent, doesn't he? With assists and, and he pops up with a goal. So second in the XA charts. So yeah, that tells you everything you need to know. There you go. Exactly. Trent and DCL or Rudiger and Ronaldo, I think DCL's form and Trent's potential and ability trumps the Ronaldo-Rudiger option, especially as Ronaldo's a bit of an unknown unknown entity at the moment, despite what some people might say. So, yeah, that's, um, that's that. It's always an option. You know, with that one mil in the bank, I can make that switch if Ronaldo becomes essential. But I'm happy with Trent. I feel better with Trent in the team. It's very, very hard to make a team with Trent, Salah, Lukaku and Ronaldo. Very, very difficult to to have a balanced team there without just fodder everywhere else. So um, there we are. Sound rationalisation. There it is. Was there anything else on the wildcard, Josh, you wanted to touch on? I think we've covered the good, the main bases there. That was it. I think we've covered defence, midfield and attack. So yeah, Happy no, days. No other, no other dissection on your world cup. Good. Yes, thank you. It survived. I think it has just about survived. The Adama, I'll be looking very closely at the Adama spot and seeing how I feel about it this week, as well as looking out for news on DCL's injury. But yeah, on the whole, I'm feeling, feeling happy. You know, when you make the team, you feel good. You come back next day, look at it and you still feel good. I think that's a good sign. Of, of making the right moves that, that feel good for you. So, yeah. Should we take a little break then, Joshua? And then we'll move on to some deeper talking points, more specific points for, for the upcoming game week. Sounds like a plan. And we're back. So now, Jack, you mentioned already, we want to move on to some specific talking points. And let's just go straight in with a big one. Ronaldo versus Lukaku. 
you've mentioned you've picked Lukaku. Why and sh- what should everyone else do? I don't. I think we've we've talked about it already, so I don't think we need to spend too long on this one. But as I said, Lukaku, it's less of a sexy pick. Ronaldo, is there a sexier pick than Ronaldo? No, there isn't. But cold, ideal in cold hard facts, Josh. Unless it comes to picking a Damatray or my team. So the cold hard facts, the way I see it, are Lukaku's cheaper. Lukaku has had longer with his team. Lukaku has scored in the Prem this year. Lukaku is on fire international break-wise. Scored to, they're playing tonight. I believe he scored again. Scored two against uh, Luxembourg, whoever it was, earlier. Chelsea are a better team than Man United. Fixtures, Villa and Newcastle, nothing, nothing to pick between them, really. And having Lukaku plus one mil in the bank if Ronaldo does go off, which I am able to do, is a very good option because of Lukaku's next two fixtures after that, which are quite tough. Um, but if we're talking game week four, I think all of those points just point the point to Lukaku being the better pick. And then then you add on, is Ronaldo going to start? Is Ronaldo going to play well in the Prem? Is he going to take time to adjust? How much training is he going to have with Man U before they play? Is he on pens? Etc. So yeah, in my mind, it's Lukaku. Any counterpoints to that? It's Ronaldo. <laughs> no, no, joking. It's Ronaldo is an argument, to be fair, because it is Ronaldo. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on, on all of them. We've mentioned before, I'm, you know, I'm a safe bet kind of guy. Don't like risk. And you've listed all the reasons why Lukaku is, as you can see it, a safer bet. So I can't add anything more to that, I don't think, without repeating what you've done. Mm. You've listed yeah. the coldest and the hardest of facts. Um, Cold, hard. Yeah. Uh, let's wait and see. That's the only thing I will say. Um, you've mentioned. Yeah. Let's the first fixtures don't. There's nothing between them. Let's just give them a few game weeks. Then we can talk again. Yeah, it could be wrong. Ronaldo could destroy him. But I would say just on the it's Ronaldo argument. You know, people are like well, it's Ronaldo exception to the rule. And fair enough. But even if you look at the last year, they were both in Serie A, weren't they? Last year, I think Ronaldo got 27 goals and Lukaku got 20. Four or 25. I think there's a five goal difference, isn't it? I think Ronaldo five got 29. Diff. Fair. Cool. Both my stats wrong. Good. Five <laughs> goal difference. Ronaldo 29, Lukaku 24. Fine. Assists. Lukaku 10 assists. Ronaldo 3. 11. Yeah. 11. Need to prep these stats better, Jack. But yeah, point still stands of there wasn't much in it. So that it's Ronaldo, you know, he gets a goal a game argument kind of weirdly also applies to Lukaku from an FBL standpoint. You know, we don't care if those points come from goals or assists. It's a, it's a point game for us. So, yeah, that's... I wouldn't be... I, I'd try and resist being blinded by the It's Ronaldo sex appeal and do what's best for your team, FPL team, and get Lukaku in. And we've said, if you get both, good for you. Well done but would love to see the rest of your team, how it looks. And if it, if you can get a balanced one, um, we mentioned with Trent, I'd be amazed if you, I'd be amazed to see a Ronaldo Lukaku 
Salah Trent team that doesn't look too disjointed. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue it is. to the next point, which is if you were to go Ronaldo Lukaku, or even if you haven't and you filled your team with other assets, are the Bruno Fernandezes of this world still as sexy as they were before the entry of Ronaldo? Well, let's break it down between, I think there's two questions. Fernandez is his own question, and then Salah is another question. So Fernandez is Fernandez less of an option now Ronaldo is in? I think undoubtedly, personally, pen- mainly because of the penalties. Most Man U fans seem to think Ronaldo, with his goal-hungry nature, will insist on taking the penalties. And Bruno, Ronaldo being a bit of like a hero of Bruno, uh, will be okay with it, but we obviously don't know. What do you think, Josh? I mean, I would be shocked, Jack. Shocked if Ronaldo doesn't take every single penalty when he's on the pitch. Mm. I, I can't see him not taking a penalty. And if I'm honest, I can see him taking most of the free kicks as well, even though Bruno is by far the better yeah. free kick taker. But it's Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, he's yeah. already muscled the number seven off of Cavani. Ruthless. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna take everything he can get. So, yeah, I think you're you're right that when you've got a character the size of Cristiano Ronaldo in your team, you know Bruno, just suddenly, you know, he's orbiting around a bigger mass, isn't he? He's yeah, it'd be really interesting, wouldn't it? We should, I mean, in the Euros, Portugal, Bruno just didn't even seem to be on the pitch. I didn't think for a lot of it. You know, he just didn't seem to know his role with those other high-profile creative players there. It'll be fascinating to see. And it'll be a bit of a shame because even though, you know, it's Man United and we all hate them if you're not a Man United fan, Bruno is great to watch when he's on on his game and he's a fantastic player, isn't he, in his own right? So, yeah, it'll be an interesting, interesting to see what becomes of Bruno's FPL output as well as his actual football output. But he's, a, he's an expensive asset to have doubts about isn't he that's the I mean 12 mind. mil yeah you don't want to be you want to be captaining him don't you a 12 miller and are you gonna I don't think so so I think um, if possible if you're on the wild card it's bye bye Bruno let's move on to a bit more of a it's a bit more of a maybe a nuanced one Josh Salah so what do you think of Salah being a most people I would say think Salah is essential to your, to your team so you just don't even take him out of that wildcard team when you press the button but some people have taken him out to maybe accommodate the Ronaldo Lukaku double what are your thoughts on that? I think it's madness um, <laughs> as, as a Liverpool and that's just not as a Liverpool fan I think you know he has been consistently one of the top returners in the Premier League nothing has changed nothing is new nothing has changed for Salah this year there's there's nothing that would make us think that he is not going to continue to return in the way that he has done for so long two goals two assists already this year i mean i don't i don't know what i don't know what they're drinking these managers who are trying to get him out i think we've already talked about the risks or uncertainties around you know the ronaldos the lukaku's even the canes you've got a guy there who has the least amount of you know risk compared to, out of all, all that pool of people just 
set and forget leave him leave him there but what do you uh, maybe i've got my liverpool tinted glasses on jack what do you think uh you definitely haven't and i'll tell you i think you hit the nail on the head there with something you said you said it's nothing new with salah and i think that is the problem because people it's not new it's not exciting it's boring picking salah so people attempted to take him out for the new shiny toys of Ronaldo and Lukaku. But really, it is exciting because it is Salah, even though he isn't new. He, we know what he can do. That's why it's exciting, because it's a, near a banker as you're going to get to guaranteed points. Um, you know, if you flipped it and like, say Lukaku and Ronaldo had been in the Prem doing their Serie A numbers and Salah came over, having done his numbers in another league, we'd all be salivating about Salah because he'd be the new thing. Um, yeah, you do not take him out. It's as simple as that. Do not. There's no work. We've talked about it before, that feeling you get in your gut when you don't own a player and you're watching them and you're, you've got the fear because you can just see them. They're about to haul. I can safely say I've never had that feeling more intensely than when I haven't had Salah and I've been watching a game or just seeing the updates of the goals just flying in. I think there was one game last year I think it was against Crystal Palace where Salah got benched and I didn't have him and I felt like a genius. And then he came on and scored two goals and got two assists in like the last 10 minutes or something insane. So it was just, oh, maybe I'm not a genius then. Like most Salah is amazing. Keep it. And on, and on top of that, he's classified as a midfielder, which is madness because you look at the, yeah. you look at the, um, the heat maps of Liverpool games. He's the furthest forward always. Yeah. Although he's starting from a wide right position, often if it's Bobby or, or Jota, they're dropping into a kind of, you know, central area to link everyone. It's always Salah and Salah Mane are past that player, whoever it is, and Salah's always that little bit further up. Yeah, he's yeah. I think we've mentioned already. Liverpool got the third highest xG, and he is the biggest threat in that team. Like, and he's nailed on. He'll take penalties. It's it's just it's madness, Jack. It's madness. Yeah, I think most most sensible managers that kind of know what they're doing will keep him. I think there's, it's despite the excitement of the new boys, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think most most people understand the value of, of keeping Salah and it's a case of, it's not picking a 100 million team, it's picking a, a an 87.5 million team plus Salah, isn't it? It's the, it's the fantasy way at the moment and will be for probably a few more years. Yeah, but if you're a risk taker, you know, if you feel... There's good value in the cheaper mids, the Jotters and the Torreses that can cover Salah's points. And you really have to have Ronaldo and Lukaku, by all means, fill your boots. And you may do very well. But I think from what we know, stick with Mo and build your team around him still. That's the thing. There it is. From what we know, stick with Mo. Good, Josh. Well, those were, I think, the key talking points we were planning on covering really we did have the mid-price striker chap i think we've sort of covered that really with antonio and dcl we both agree are the better options in that seven eight million striker bracket ings and bamford a bit less so um should we move on to captain options do it let's do it good so captain c for game week four who's yours currently on josh you haven't well carded who you are you looking at Personally, I've got a choice between Salah, Bruno and Son. Tricky one, actually, that. 
and I listed them, the three of them, because I really can't pick between them at the moment. So uh, who have they got? So Sun's got Palace. Sun's got Palace. Bruno's got Newcastle, and Liverpool have Leeds. So oh, tasty, tasty. Uh, they're fixtures. all. They all look on the face of it that there could be some hefty returns there. I guess what I should also throw in is maybe the home and aways because they're significant this year. So Liverpool away at Leeds, that's made me worry a little bit there. United at home to Newcastle. And then the Spurs game, they're away as well. So at, the annoying thing is, I think I would, on, on paper, I would have preferred Sun or Salah, but they're in the away fixtures. You're really that, yeah, that's annoying, isn't it? Because the one that you... I think if United were away and those two were at home, you wouldn't look twice at Bruno in this scenario because of the Ronaldo factor. But that that them being at home and the other two away just makes it a bit more tricky, doesn't it? It's like you're in my head. It's like that is exactly yeah. that's exactly what I thought. And if one of Son or Salah's was at home, I think I would be on them. But I because of that, I'm looking at Bruno. Are you I'm hoping I don't get burned? Oh my um, lord. But for the fun factor, and because I will be sat watching the game, I'm thinking I might just go for Salah. It's just always fun to captain a player that you know you're going to be watching the game and you can sit there by nails. So and yeah, It can Spurs very is... much not be fun, can it, watching the game with the captain? But yeah, you're right. Yeah, and Spurs is uh, the early kickoff, so the curse, the curse of the early kickoff. Sure, sure. I mean, I do think object- between those three, I still I think Salah is the best choice. I think, you know, the when in doubt, if you're in doubt, pick Salah is a mantra that generally pays off. You know, if you're juggling between the two, if one of them is called Mo Salah, captain him. You know, he scores when Liverpool aren't playing well, is what I would say, Salah. He yeah. seems to find a way regardless. So, um, and Leeds are leaky. I think Salah's a great, great shout. Um, no worries. Yeah. Very good. Good. What What about you, Jack? Who are you, Captain? John Lukaku on the CAC at the moment for oh, me. Then after, after the wild card, it gets my Villa. So it's, like, it's, yeah, it's say. with a heavy heart. It's with a heavy, heavy heart that I have to do that. But I think we, we know we haven't looked great. He's a killer striker. I weirdly feel the need to back him by picking him over Ronaldo. So I'm doubling down. Factors like that, I think. Uh, have, have led me there. Chelsea at home. I think Villa are gonna. I think we're gonna get rolled over. Really, sadly. Um, so you're so hoping yeah, for Lukaku. you're hoping for a four-three to Villa, but a hat trick for Lukaku. Is that what? That yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the classic. Yeah, of course, of course. See, it's on him. If not him, I'd probably go Salah. Salah with the vice. But let's let's talk about players we haven't mentioned. Then Josh. So for not, moving away from our teams and speaking more generally, we haven't mentioned the, the top point scorer. Top of the XG, top of XA, Antonio. Would uh, not tempted there, Southampton? Yeah, partially tempted. I mean, you don't sound tempted. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, I was tempted for a little bit. I think he would probably be fourth behind those three that I've listed already. Really? Behind Bruno? Um, yeah, behind, still behind Bruno. I mean, there's something for me about a premium and their. The reason why their premiums is generally speaking, their ceilings are higher, aren't they, for points return? And yeah, Antonio's been amazing. He will not keep this up. And I've just got a little thing in my head of maybe this international break has, has 
guess slow the momentum a little bit for West Ham. Yeah, you read my um, mind. They didn't want this break, did they? They didn't want this international break because they were they're running on running on fumes, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, could be completely wrong. And if if not, if he does bang it in, then yeah, I've got him in my team, but not as a captain. What are you thinking? Was he high in your thoughts? Similar to you, he kind of wasn't, but I'm wondering now, should he have been? He kind of, yeah, he's not premium, obviously, quote unquote premium, but he's playing like a premium and he's in Southampton are no great shake. So I do wonder if that's, uh, you've got to be careful, don't you, with the whole, it'll have, it'll stop scoring eventually. You know, the Jamie Vardy syndrome of, yeah, he's not going to keep this up. He's not going to keep this up. He's not going to keep this up. Oh, he's broken the goal scoring record. 11 games in a row, whatever it is. So, yeah, I don't think um, I don't think I've given him a fair consideration, really, and I will do this week. It's just that Lukaku looks like a a better option for me, um, but I don't think he's a bad choice at all. If you captain him, I don't think that's a bad decision. No, as you were speaking, I was just looking as well. Southampton actually have the fourth highest xGA. So yeah, I mean. He's yeah, maybe, score, have we messed this he's up? He's going to score. Isn't yeah. he going to score? I mean, maybe. Who knows? I think he's going to. So maybe, uh, yeah, I'm going to think about that one. This is why we do this pod, Josh. Opens exactly. up. You know, the blinkers come off. What are we doing now? Yeah, I think Calvert Lewin's another one. Also, Burnley at home. Uh, there's the, the the injury doubt, broken toe. Did he say that he'd been playing with a broken toe? Hard to say if that's a sort of international break. A uh, bit Excuse. of bit of dark arts from Benitez, yeah. But I mean, is Cavalu going to score against Burnley? He probably will. I mean, um, they're, they're the third highest XGA, one above Southampton. What, what are we doing? Damn. Now, this is what are we doing? There you go, captain and vice captain Antonio DCL. Done. Yeah. Well, actually, um, the second highest XGA is Newcastle, so that would make you look at United yeah. and say, yeah, very them. true. Greenwood, Greenwood captain, done. Yeah, I think they're, again, I think DCL's a bit more of a maverick shout than an Antonio, but not the worst shout ever. What about Jota, the Jotas and the Torreses? We've mentioned them quite a lot. If, say, hypothetically, if you knew Torres was going to start for City in a magical world where we have the team sheet, would you consider Torres' captaincy against the Leicester side away? No, I think the one thing you really want with a captaincy is certainty that they're going to start, get minutes and get opportunities to get points, right? There is a worry with Torres that Pep will weave his bold fraud magic again, chuck him on the bench, but bring him on for 15 at the end. And then Mm. what you've got is a Torres who's only got 15 minutes to get in the game. Then despite them having such a high XG, yeah, he, he might get opportunities, but 15 minutes is, is you don't want a captain who's playing 15 minutes. Um, no, the Mares so, problem, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't think Torres is frankly as good as a Mares who can come on and make something happen very quickly. I don't think he is as good as those other city players. So I would agree. I would agree with that. I think if he starts, he'll probably get some points again, but it's the, yeah, it's the pep doubt. Jota. I mean, is Jota much worse a captain to shout than Salah? Um, I think that they both carry threat, but it goes back to the thing of Mo Salah, isn't it? He's on penalties. He is the main man for that Liverpool team. Jota's performed well this year. Looks like he'll start that, removes that doubt. But 
even if Jota played every minute or as many minutes as Mo Salah last year, Mo would have got more points. I, I, I'll, I'll say that because he's maybe the better threat. Therefore, yeah. head-to-head for one game, pick the better it's threat. It's Mo, I 100% agree. Uh, and neither of us obviously have him, as we've said, but if you did have Cristiano Ronaldo against Newcastle at home, debut game, would you captain him? No, because of Jack's cold, hard facts. Going back to Jack's cold, hard facts, yeah. you don't Rewind. know if he's going to start. And, or and again, how he will play if he does start, frankly ex- speaking. Exactly. And that same argument for Torres applies to Ronaldo there. Will Oli roll him out for 15, 20 minutes, 10 minutes just to get him off the bench, give him, give him an ovation if he doesn't start? Most likely. If he doesn't start, you think he will come onto the pitch at some point for what is a fraction of the game. So, yeah, too much uncertainty around Ronaldo. 100% agree. 100% agree. We don't need to repeat ourselves on that one. Any others? I think we've covered all the the main candidates that I think will be topping the captaincy polls there. Harry Kane, I don't think it's a bad, necessarily a bad shout either against Palace. Um, it's just that not many people will have him. Wolves against Watford, I think they're even though I'm investing in their assets in my wildcard team, it's at the budget level, the enabler level. So I don't think there's anyone there captainable. Uh, the Jimenezes of that team haven't got going attacking-wise yet. Um, so I wouldn't go there. Would it's, you in agree? The it's in the hope category, not the it's hope. real yeah. certainty there, is it? It's the Maverick, Maverick Hail Mary category, that, yeah. And we're not at that stage of the season where you need to worry about gaining points in those mini league urgently are you? So I think it's a, you know, if there was four, four game weeks to go and you're 50 points behind someone you want to catch, let's then let's talk about the Adama Traore captaincy. But (laughs) now do not talk to me about it. You know, it's a, it's, you'd be, don't panic if you're behind on points right now, plenty of time to, to catch up is what I'm telling myself, (laughs) but it's what is, is the truth. Play that um, long game. Play, play that the, long game. Slow and steady wins the race. So, yeah, I think that's all, Captaincy. If we've missed one out, please let us know in the sure comments. they will. I'm sure everyone. Let, and let us know who you're captaining. So, that's, I that's think, Captaincy yeah. covered. Good. So, I get to introduce this part because it's your segment, Jack, and we all want to know who are the Algo teams? What's the switch is going to... What's going to happen? Well, Josh, coming in? First of all, it's everybody's segment. It's a family segment. So that I think everybody shares this segment. But I d- and I'm just the custodian of it. So let's talk about it. So as a reminder, Josh and I manage two teams for two friends of ours that have specific algorithms applied to them. So one is the differential 11, which can only, which will pick players only with a 5% ownership or less. If they come into the team and go over that ownership, that's fine. But we can only transfer in players who have under 5% ownership. And the other team is the XG11. So that will be based, transfer decisions and lineup decisions will be based purely on XG data. And as we've seen so far, the XG11 are doing very well, or pretty well, I would say, with a rank of uh, 900,000. Differential 11, less well, 6 million rank. So they're not having a good time of it at the moment. So we went, we did how the last part, if you want to find out how they did last game week, go and listen to last week's pod. All I'll cover now is which transfers will be being made uh, for either team. 
So this week, it's a bit of a... It's not very glamorous transfers this week, I'll say. We're not getting in very sexy attacking players. It's a bit more of a Band-Aid fire put out addressing stage. So for the differential 11, we had Pepe of Arsenal in, who didn't play the last game. And I'm a bit worried about his... Uh, that. I mean, that Arsenal team, we don't need to tell you, we're a complete disaster show at the moment. Disaster fest for Arsenal. Appalling start to the season. Pepe himself was pretty awful. So I view it, viewed it as a good opportunity to get rid of Pepe and bring in a player we have mentioned, Josh, which is Fournals. So Fournals of West Ham is... He was under 5% owned. I think it was something as low as 2.9% owned for now. Unbelievable. Which is unbelievable, isn't it? How well he's done. I think, again, that's that Ben Rama factor really sucking all the attention away from him. Whereas he, I, I think he's done just as well as him, really. Just as um, well for now. I'll tell, I'll tell a lie. He's done six point worse, but he's, he's 0.4 cheaper. He's 2.3% owned. Let's bring, he's a perfect candidate for the differential 11. I think. I think he's exactly, he's the kind of player we've built this team for, Josh. So he comes in for Pepe and he'll be starting next week for the differential 11. As for moving on to the XG 11, so the high flyers, the XG 11, we've got a bit of a defensive issue. So if I go to the team now, so we had players like Chalobah who came in um, after his very high XG in that first game week. Chalobah is now seems to be benched again and coming on for cameos, which any good manager, you don't want. You don't want to have players in your starting 11 that are coming on for that. So what we've done, I've, I've looked at the defence. So we've also got Conser, who's got an injury now. Oh. So I think the plan will be to bench Chalaba, super cheap. We can bench fodder him and replace Conser. So I had to look at who would... And obviously, it has to be a purely XG decision. Josh, you may know it already. If you don't, can you guess which defend, which defender in FPL has the highest XG? And this is, it's the only defender with over one at the moment. Can you guess who that is? Well, I've seen it, so I don't need to guess. Okay. But I'm guessing it's Tarkovsky. <laughs> you are correct. A correct guess by Damn you it. there who knew the answer. Yeah, Tarkovsky, he's got 1.17 XG. He's obviously scored a goal already. Interestingly, the other defenders who've scored goals, so Reese James, Laporte, Duffy, have under 0.5 XG for their goals. So that suggests that their goals were quite well taken. Um, yeah. Tarkovsky, an XG of 1.17, one goal. He comes in for concern. He'll start. So we'll see how he does against a... I think they've got quite a tough fixture, haven't they? We've mentioned it already which is against Everton away. So again, this is where the XG11 and these algorithm teams really are interesting to me because that's a transfer you would never make in your actual FBL team. But if he scores? But if he scores, again, it's, it's, a, it's a genius move. I mean, I mean, a Burnley clean sheet at Everton, wouldn't, I wouldn't, my jaw wouldn't be on the floor. So, yeah, we'll see how it does. You know, that team is... Um, They're killing it. It's looking yeah, interesting. It? It's and again, it's with those moves that you wouldn't necessarily make with with other data. That's yeah. why that's why I love them. XG, uh, that's they're my spirit Agreed. animal team. It's I a think. great experiment. I mean, just that just captaining the height. So the captain again will be on Antonio. He's got the highest XG for the whole team. And that came good last week again. 
22 points from the captain. The Jamie Vardy up top with 12. Yeah, it's it's looking good. Some interesting looking characters already in that team, though. You've got Suchek, El Ghazi, Norgard. I mean, it does it does throw up an interesting um 11 each week. But as you say, that's why we love them. Got the balls that I wish I had when it comes to FBL decisions. Captain Antonio bringing the likes of Tarkovsky ahead of Everton. Got a big love brain, him. big brain moves, Josh. Big brain moves. Let's see how they do next week. Big money, big prizes. Um, all right. Thanks for the update on the Algo teams. Um, and that's it. That brings us all, all to a close. We will be in touch after game week four to review all of that. See if we were right. Yes, indeed. Um, thanks very thanks much, Josh. Yes. Yeah, okay. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Jack. See you.